Hello and welcome to the Transcending CRM Podcast, a show where we explore how the Salesforce ecosystem has impacted the careers of fellow trailblazers and the businesses that have leveraged dynamic growth from the platform. This podcast is brought to you by Silverline. Silverline is a Salesforce digital transformation consultancy headquartered in New York City, specializing in financial services, media and entertainment, and healthcare industries. I am your host, Elliot Spence, Director and Principal Consultant at Silverline, and my co-host, J.P. Owens, will not be with us today. He is traveling for the Encino Conference. Sounds about right. It is, Evan. It is. Nothing's changed. He just he just big times us and leaves us here, Evan, just like always. So as you heard, we have a special episode for everyone today. We're here to discuss the top features from the Summer 23 release. To discuss the Summer release, we are joined by Evan Eichert. Many of you, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, may have heard Evan back in episode three of the podcast. Evan now holds 15 Salesforce certifications and is an enterprise architect at CSC Leasing Company and is perfect to come in and talk about some of the top features in this release. Recently in the summer 23 release notes that went live, and by now most of your sandboxes have been upgraded to summer 23, if you have not had the chance to dive into what is coming, I recommend that you get into Salesforce and check out the release notes. I know Evans is excited to join us and share what he has learned about Summer 23. Now, before we get started, this is something I'm going to start asking everybody to do at the beginning of the episode. If you like the show, if you like what you're listening to, the best way that you can help us is hit that share button, share some of the episodes with your friends, with your coworkers, and just give us a rating and tell us what you like about the podcast. So now, Evan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. You know, we're excited to dive into the summer 23 release notes, but as we shared with our listeners, you were with us back in episode three. So for our listeners, give us an update. What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Where's your career taking you to since episode three, which was probably about two and a half years ago? Episode three. I remember it like yesterday. Let's, 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 uh, Let's rewind. Let's rewind and get back into episode three. That's right. I'm ashamed to listen to that. I can't. I can't listen to any podcast that I'm. I'm actually on. So we'll see if I listen to this one. But when I when I was actually uh, talking to JP in episode three, I think I was just starting out as a consultant. Before that, I, I think I, that entire episode I was talking about how I was a branch manager for several years and at regional banks, and then got myself into this wonderful life of uh, the Salesforce ecosystem started as a, uh, I guess, a system administrator, worked my way up to being a solution architect, and then started doing consulting for about three years. Today, after working with tons of awesome clients, awesome people, loved all my colleagues uh, in my past uh, past job there at uh, Stitch Consulting, big shout out to them. Uh, I joined CSC Leasing about a month and a half ago as an enterprise architect. And I think I was just ready to take something and and have a proverbial Salesforce baby. I don't know if you want to cut that, but I was ready to to go ahead and own the platform. No, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We've we've all been there, and it's you know you've learned so much as a solution architect, as a consultant, and that's true for all of us. Where you know you work on one platform for so long. And then you jump into consulting and you, you learn it's trial by fire. I mean, you learn so much every day because you're working in so many different orgs with so many different clients. The requirements are so different that, you know, you learn so much and it does get to a point where, you know, you've taken that that jump where you're like, you know what, I'm going to 
I'm going to build my own org again. I want to get back in there and apply everything that I've learned into one org. And yeah, you've, you've learned a ton over the years and now you're just ready to take that next step and apply it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I tell everybody, if you want to get started as in the Salesforce ecosystem, start as an admin or developer, work at a company, learn the industry, learn the business, go into consulting after a few years, you get exposed to so much more that's out there, different industries, you know, meeting tons of different people and, and people within the ecosystem. I uh, still talk to some of my old clients that are Salesforce admins out there. It's been an awesome experience going from client to consultant and back to client. Awesome. So jumping into the 20 or summer 23 release notes, um, Evan, you're a lot like me. I know you're a big flow nerd. Um, so reading into the release notes, what what jumps out to you or what do you like or what have you read about flow and what's coming with it in summer 23? So um, a lot of the flow stuff that I was really excited for actually already happened in the past couple releases. Uh, I see that there's a huge focus on a lot of the HTTP callouts that you're able to do now. And uh, while I am excited for that, I think the reactive components is something that's going to be super cool and could be leveraged by a lot of different folks. Some of the things that really jump out to me for this Salesforce release is the auto refresh for dashboards. Um, I don't think you, I don't think that's happening, Evan. I, you know, we're, it's, it's 2023. Yeah, that's one of the big things that's missing that we always jump back to that. What is one thing or something in the release that is not there that you would think like, you know what, we're so far advanced with Salesforce and Salesforce does so many awesome things. What's something that's missing? And that is definitely, we, we've talked about this. It's definitely, you know, the out, the auto refresh of dashboards. And when we talk about that, we're not talking about CRMA, like CRM analytics, because obviously that does it. And that does a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, out of the box, standard Salesforce reports and dashboards do not do. But that's one of the things that we talked about of what's missing that you would think is should be there. And it's that it's, you know, with the out of the box reports and dashboards, obviously, you can schedule those, you can like, subscribe and schedule them. And if you're subscribed to them, obviously they're going to refresh, but you can't subscribe to dynamic dashboards and you're limited to how many you can subscribe to. So if you're an organization, which most are that have more than, you know, 20 dashboards, there's no way as an admin team, you can subscribe to all those to have them auto refresh. So if you have dashboards on home pages and things like that, they're not going to auto refresh. And that's just one of the big things that jumps out to me of what's missing. What would you think would be there? That is not, that's one of them. Totally. Yeah, I'm just joshing. Um, there's uh, I don't know. I wish that was available for sure. So I think you know some of the things that I, that if you know when I was a consultant that would really stand out to me is the retirement of process builders, not being able to create new process builders going forward. Um, that's huge. You know, uh, the past couple of years I've been, as you mentioned, I've become quite the flow nerd. I. I Think that I've created about 170 flows. I actually happen to know this because I can see in the org that I have uh, 170 fl flows within the past several months. So now that does not count flow versions, right? Of course, I'd love to get it right the first time, but I've probably created well, thousands of flow versions as many times as I make mistakes. One of the things that jumps out to me is the send email core action it has a lot of updates in it because if you use flow, which everybody should now because you can't do anything else. 
Um, if you're sending email with Flow, it used to not support lightning email templates, so you can't build a template and drop it into that email action. And you also couldn't log the email on send, meaning if you send an email using Salesforce Flow, it's not going to log the email to the record that you send it from. And those are two things you can now do. You can use email templates and you can also log the email and send. I'm pretty excited about that because I know as much as like when I was using the platform, I would like, I know the email sent, but when somebody else is looking at a record and they want to know that that email has been sent, they're able, they're able to see it right then and there. So I think that's an awesome ad. Now, what about from like a general admin perspective? So you're an admin of an org and what what has come up that general admins were, are going to find a ton of use out of? And it, when I say ton of use, it could be something that's like minor that you don't really notice it's even there until it becomes part of their release. And like, oh my gosh, this is going to make my pages look so much different. This is going to save me, you know, 15 seconds of time, you know, every day. Like, and it just adds up. So is there anything from a general admin perspective that you think is like, wow, this is awesome? So um, one of the things that I, I'm hoping that Salesforce continues to focus on is just out-of-the-box reporting and dashboard functionality. CRMA is great, but just seeing what you're able to do just for your everyday admin that has enterprise or even maybe even a professional edition is utilizing out-of-the-box functionality to create their own reports and dashboards. And one of the things that I'm actually excited about is how you can add rich text images to dashboards. So there's been tons of times that I have created a dashboard for users to be able to digest and consume. And I want to be able to illustrate what they're looking at more than just maybe what's on what's in the title or subtitle or subheader of the dashboard component. So I'm super excited about that. I think that people are going to get a lot of use out of that. Could be wrong, but personally, I like to break my dashboards out when I'm when I'm building them. Hey, if I'm doing opportunities at the top, and then I might do a separate object such as accounts at the bottom, I can now separate it by rich text saying, hey, here are the accounts, here are the opportunities. I actually didn't think about that. That's a good call out. I mean, I did, you know, obviously I did see the, you can now add rich text and also images to out-of-the-box reports and dashboards to kind of give them your own little branding. But I didn't think about that use case of like breaking them out. Like here's opportunities, here's leads, here's your accounts or relationships, here's cases to be able to break those different sections out and actually call them out so the user knows what they're looking at. That's a great idea. So I was uh, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody and the, and I created this dashboard for them and I made it in, uh, I guess, dark mode, right? And the one thing they hated about it is the colors I picked. So I'm hoping that Salesforce at some point will allow you to customize the colors that are selected for the dashboard templates. Yeah, you can definitely do a little bit of that, but it's like, yeah, they restrict you to the certain colors. Like, you know, like there's like the dark mode, like you were just talking about. And then there's like the the daylight theme and different themes for the dashboard. But you can't really like, if your company branding is this, you can't really brand it. Kind of like you can do with your themes and branding for like the the way your actual org looks. Being able to do that with the dashboards would be very awesome and welcome. Yeah. So one of the things that I'm excited about utilizing Unlimited Edition is having additional dashboard filters as well. I utilize dashboard filters to make some really cool, not only dynamic dashboards, but being able to see the data that matters to me, building out a dashboard that has a bunch of components, obviously based on reports, 
that I'm able to able to filter out on the dashboard itself. So currently, I believe there's only you're limited to three. They're changing it to five now in unlimited edition. So I'm super excited to use that as well. Now, one one of the things that I saw that I really like from like a UI perspective, and it's not something that I think is going to garner a ton of attention, but I love it is the ability to align fields horizontally on the page layouts. So this this is more of like a, not lightning layouts, but just basic classic dashboard layouts. When you're building the layouts, think of like your address field. Your address field has street, city, state, zip, all in one. So it takes up a big chunk of space. And if next to that you put a field like phone number, it's going to throw everything off a little bit. Now, when you're building those page layouts, there's a little checkbox that's going to appear and it's going to say align fields horizontally. Well, the address field and that phone number field, if they're next to each other, are going to take up the same amount of space. And it just allows you to clean up your page layouts just that little bit. And I think that makes a huge difference from the UI and the, you know, the user experience perspective. I agree. I think that'll be really cool. I love how they're focusing around user experience. It all started when... Um when they went over for allowing the density settings to change. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that was a huge change. I, I, I love that. And I use it every day. Now, it's been released by Salesforce and no pun intended, but you know, been discussed within Salesforce. And it's all on, you know, if you're on the Discord or anything, you can see it, the chatter around it. Obviously, profiles, they're not going away, but what they control is going away. And Salesforce has been preparing for this a lot. It's now GA that you can set field level security in permission sets. And now what I mean by that is when you're building like a custom object or building a custom field, you know, when you're going through the process of creating that, you set the field level security by profile. You can now turn on the capability that when you're creating a field, you're actually going to set the field level security by permission set instead of profile. Is that, if you've been using that at all yet, have you been you know, preparing for the CRUD object CRUD settings and the field level security going away from profiles? Have you started doing anything with permission sets and permission set groups? You know, I have, um, I found a huge advantage to utilizing permission set groups just for onboarding new users and utilizing maybe a flow to go ahead and assign them to that permission set group. So you don't have to, I remember back in the day when, uh, when we have a new user, we'd have this giant onboarding flow. I think I built it at like three o'clock in the morning. I, I remember it. And and there was just so many decisions that had to be done to go ahead and say, hey, does this does this permission set go to this user because of their role or profile, what have you? So permission set groups was an absolutely amazing addition. I wouldn't say that I have found myself yet transitioning more so towards permission sets and permission set groups. I'm waiting for, and I think the tool is already available. I don't know if it's in beta. Uh, I'll have to do a little research on it, but being able to migrate profiles to permission sets. So I know that will be coming as they move closer and closer to, I don't know if profiles, like you said, are fully going away. I think they're maybe in the year 2025, 2026, but I, I'm looking forward to utilizing that tool when that time comes. For right now, I've been pretty content with just utilizing profiles. And at some point, I'll start migrating over these by piece. Yeah, no, it's definitely something that I know I've been preparing for a little bit. And what I when I say that is when I'm on a project and building things for anybody, for a client or anybody, uh, when I build it, 
you know, if it's like a, you know, a new opportunity process or anything, I create a permission set around it that gives read, create, edit access, and then another one that gives read access. And then I also still set the profile settings, but that way when they start enforcing this or the times, the time's coming, they have like those permission sets already built and ready for them when they start their pro or when they start that migration process. Um, the other thing that kind of jumps out at, around this is like you can now give, you know, the, the delegated admins, that's always been there, but you can now give delegated admins the ability to manage permission sets and permission set groups. So that's something that came with Spring 23, pointing more towards this is coming, like start preparing for it. Now, as we talked about, profiles are not going away. So I don't want anybody listening to this thinking profiles are going away because they're not. You still set page layouts by profile. You still set record types by profile. You still set app settings by profile. So profiles are always going to be there, but they're moving towards a way of let's limit you know, the number of profiles because you see orgs all the time that have 35, 50 profiles. And it's like, oh my gosh, how do you manage this? Like, how do you set page layout assignments and app settings? Like it's nuts. So it's moving towards, you know, we're going to have like at a high level sales profile, service profile, operations profile, whatever it may be. And then you give those permission set groups out to the individuals that need that. And obviously home pages are set by profile and that's not going away. Okay. Yeah. That's, a, that's probably a good misconception that I've, I've had at some point, it's not, it's the permissions on profiles, right? Correct. Yeah. Like the object and field level security by profile. Okay. Awesome. Hey, Elliot, I got a question for you. What is the one thing or maybe more multiple things that you would like to see Salesforce focus on in the next upcoming releases that you don't feel like is there, the next big things that you see a lot of opportunity for? Well, they've definitely been focused on them. And what comes to mind is to me is two things. And like I said, they've definitely been focusing on them, but I think the focus on them is just going to continue to grow. Now, Flow is one of them. We already talked about Flow, so I'm going to keep that one on the side, but I think Flow has tons of stuff coming out with every release. The other two being Omni Studio, or for financial services cloud, it's known as Flow for FSC, and the other one being CRMA, or CRMA Analytics, or used to be Einstein Analytics, used to be Tableau CRM. But I think those two things, CRMA and Omni Studio, um, just because we're in an age of like every company, not just financial services, are going through digital transformations. And Omni Studio, which is included with Financial Services Cloud, known as Flow for FSC, gives you that ability to do so much. Like you can build your own, if you're a bank or a credit union or a financial institution, you can build your own personalized like loan onboarding, deposit onboarding, any kind of experience that you can expose on your website it can grab and pull data from external sources, bring them into Salesforce. You can enable that to build that, you know, allow a client to apply for a loan and send that loan to loan operations for onboarding or treasury management or deposit onboarding. There's just so much you can do with Omni Studio. And then pair that with CRMA where you have all those analytics. And we were talking a little bit already around out-of-the-box reports and dashboards from Salesforce. They're awesome. They have their use but there's just so much more you can do with CRMA. So again, external data sources. We don't have this, this information in Salesforce, but we want to give our users that 360 degree view of the customer. You can do that with CRMA without having that data in Salesforce. Maybe you have data living in 25 different systems. You have this loan onboarding process and you know, data is everywhere. You can bring that data into Salesforce and still deliver that experience, that 360 customer view right in Salesforce to all of your users. So 
I think those are the two things that I see are going to have at least, you know, on the financial services side, but I think in any industry are going to continue having that, you know, that growth and that, that attention and pair that with, you know, we're living in a day, you know, the age today where AI is going crazy. You have chat GPT, Salesforce announced Einstein GPT. You have all these AI platforms out there just delivering all this, you know, all this information, to everybody at their, you know, at the, at their fingertips that I think this is only going to continue to grow. And, you know, that kind of gets me into my next question for you. Have you done anything in Salesforce with chat GPT yet or any thoughts around that and how that could be used? I use chat GPT almost every day. I would say that the biggest use case that I have found it for, and I've gotten a little lazy when I'm creating a formula and it doesn't quite work, send it over to chat GPT and I say, Hey, fix this. What's wrong with it? Or I'll go ahead and provide the field or the APIs and field labels or what have you and say, create a a validation rule that does X, Y, and Z, create a uh, formula or create an apex trigger, apex class. I don't utilize it within Salesforce itself as of yet, but I could see the opportunity and the value in doing so. Yeah, I, I've definitely, I use it for all those same things. Like, how do I build this formula? How do I build this apex? Now, I don't ask it on how to do everything, but like you said, if it's something that's very complex and it's saying like, you know, Salesforce gives you those those common errors, like you're missing a parentheses, you're missing this, you're missing that, like where? this? There's like a hundred lines in this thing, where am I missing that? And I could pop it in there and it, it's gonna tell me, you know, where it happens. And it's scary how accurate it is most of the time. Now, it, if you're if you're punching it in for an apex trigger, an apex class, chances are it's not gonna be right. It's gonna be close. It's definitely gonna be in a ballpark, but it's gonna require some, some work on it to get it perfect. I've had um, it write test classes for me and it's done pretty good as long as it's not extremely complicated. And one one note that I would I would definitely take away is make sure you specify that if you're creating a formula that you're specifying it is a Salesforce formula. Otherwise it's going to throw Excel functions out there that don't exist in Salesforce or what have you. 100%. Yeah, I, I use it all the time and I actually did did build an integration with ChatGPT into my little test org, my demo org that I use, just to see how how, would, how it would work. So being able to open it up in the little Salesforce utility bar, it says, I call it Robo Elliot. So it's uh, Robo Elliot's pretty smart, but not as smart as regular Elliot. But I ask it little questions. It reaches out to ChatGPT, puts in the question, gets the answer, delivers it right back into Salesforce. So it's pretty easy to do that. It's just getting further use cases. And I do see this going in the route of, like I said, Salesforce has already announced Einstein GPT, but what's that gonna totally look like? And you've seen it out there like in their demos where it says, build me a flow that does this. And it, it does that, it builds a flow. Or build me a, you know, a, a formula field for this. And it does it, it builds that formula field. Or I'd be interested in seeing if you can have it in an org. And let's say it's, you know, Silverline's org. Hey, Silverline, what is the, total opportunities won for this account over the last two years. Can it run out and query that and bring it back in? I think it's going in that direction and I definitely think it will. I haven't seen anything being done like that yet, but I think that would be pretty awesome if it can do that. What do you What do you think uh, it's gonna look like for the ecosystem for Salesforce admins out there? Is, is uh, Einstein GPT gonna be a admin replacer? I don't think so, no. I think it's gonna help. I think it's maybe going to help you reduce like maybe the FTE that you have, but no, there's always going to be 
the need for admins because the the admins and the consultants out there like we're there and the admins are there because we understand and can advise on the business process and that's something that i don't think chat gpt or any of that can do is truly understand the business process and you know the best practices and the ways to go about it uh when you're thinking of like you know a loan operation system or deposit onboarding or you know the the call center and things like that like that's where we come in but i do think it's going to make things easier especially for smaller shops if you're like a a salesforce shop of 50 users 25 users like yeah that and you're a loan admin it's going to make your life a lot easier i think you know it's getting this live to really see how how savvy it is and how how quickly and how well it can build those formulas or build those flows because you and I have both seen some of these flows are super complex. And can you ask the right question to it to get that built exactly how it's needed? You know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's an admin or a consultant killer by any means. I think it's I think it's gonna improve the ecosystem. I would agree. I think it's it's mostly we're gonna see if anything, it's gonna be around staff augmentation and then making sure that we're we're seeing we're probably gonna end up seeing more architects come from it because they're they're just that much more empowered whereas i know that when i've used it i am not a coder necessarily right i don't i don't know a ton of apex myself but i've learned from just using chat gpt and i can imagine it would be the same way using einstein gpt it might show me oh i never thought about doing it this way right so I see a, a ton of opportunity for just learning and growth for the individual admin or the team that's utilizing it. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things you have to know to really utilize ChatGPT or utilize Einstein GPT when it comes out is you really need to know exactly what you need. And I think that's where the admins and the, you know, the consultants, the silver lines come in, is that I can run discovery and really understand what you need and I can put those into words. And there's a lot of things that, in the, you know, that a lot, a lot of people sometimes don't think about. And it's like those gotcha moments like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about that. That's a great idea. And I, I catch myself doing all the time. Like, why didn't I think of this? When I kind of like when I mess up on a, a formula or something like that, like, how did I miss that? Like, that's something I know, like, but it, it can call it out. But we all have those moments where it's like, you know, I call them gotcha moments. Yeah. Typically when I need help with something, I just ask Robo Elliot instead yeah. of just real Elliot. Yeah, Robo Elliot is very savvy and knows what he's doing. He's that's why he's there for me. But yeah, we're we're getting to the end, Evan. And one of the last questions I have, and this isn't the last question, by the way, but it's one of the last ones. So you're when you were an admin and now you're, you know, you're an enterprise architect and the releases come out, how do you prepare for the little release? Because the release is sometimes six hundred or more pages. Obviously, we don't have time to read through all those. How do you prepare for the release and what's coming? So I would love to say that I hop into a preview org and I just start doing our the you know the whole treasure hunt methodology and seeing what's different. Uh, I would say I lean on websites like Salesforce Ben, Automation Champion. And one of the, my favorite things that comes out is actually the SF wiki uh, that's prepared by the Discord channel. And it just breaks it down in a way that's just so consumable. I love what those what everybody does out there for just being able to prepare for that release. I think it typically might come out around the same time it is released, or if not, a little later. 
But in really for getting prepared for it, I do go through the release notes, obviously not page by page, but I look at a lot of things that are going to impact the org that I'm working with and uh, see if there's some new features or enhancements that I can share with the users and also check for any kind of critical updates that are happening in the org. So obviously one of the big ones is enhanced domains getting automatically turned on in summer 23. And just like uh, MFA auto enablement was just in spring 23, right? Uh, making sure that I'm, I know what's coming down the pike. I definitely subscribe to uh, unofficial SF is another one of my favorites. I, I can't tell you how many things that I've, I've utilized have come from unofficial SF. But there is a, there's a lot of good resources out there. So there's an endless supply. I wouldn't say that I've done any of the pre-release, the readiness for the like YouTube channels or anything along those lines, uh, but I aspire to. No, I, I use the YouTube channels. I definitely do get a pre-release org most of the time. I have not yet. I get in there and like you said, I don't go through everything. I focus on what's impacting me and the orgs that I'm currently working with. Um, what can I pass off to my clients and, hey, hey, make sure you prepare for this. This is coming. And even past clients I do, I, I give them a heads up. Hey, I know you use this. This is coming. Look at the release notes. Here it is. But I, I focus on the things that I'm working on. I love that you mentioned the Discord. That's not something I've mentioned in the past, but I am a huge user of the Discord. I'm logged in every day. It's an awesome community. And if anybody's listening, like, what is this? Like, Evan, how would you describe the Discord? What is the Discord? It is a Discord community. No, um, it is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, uh, I probably won't be the best person to be able to describe it. I don't think I'm in it as much as, as you are. It's like, think of it as like, it's a Salesforce community of, and it's, it's Salesforce MVPs, it's Salesforce employees, it's employees at other consulting firms, it's Salesforce customers, and it's just a group of people. And it break, it's kind of like a social media channel that is broken into different sectors. So if you're using like Sales Cloud, Service Cloud, Financial Services Cloud, if you have a flow question, you can click into these like almost like different channels and ask questions to like a group of experts. And it is an awesome community. And if there's like Salesforce outages or something that happens, I can almost promise you that it's usually the Discord that's going to give you the most up-to-date answers and quickly because it's everyone's on there like live. Didn't so, we find out during Permageddon when all the permission set issues were happening, we were finding the people in the Discord server were actually talking about it before Salesforce was? Yeah, it was captured there. And then actually the workaround of putting everything, it's because the profile permissions went out. And that's kind of one of the things that led to this where there wasn't really an answer on how to fix it. And then someone posts in there like, actually, if you just give everybody the, the permissions they need via permission set and assign it to them, they're going to be re-enabled. So that issue didn't get fixed for several days, but you could have fixed it in a matter of minutes or hours, depending on how much access they needed via permission sets. So yeah, the, I highly recommend everybody, if you're listening and you're an admin, an architect, whatever it may be, join the Discord, the SF Discord channel. It's awesome. And it's a great community of people. Awesome. So Evan, this is the true last question. This is it. This is it. So something we ask everybody now, and I hope you're prepared, but, and we didn't get to ask you this on episode three. So now we're asking now. JP refused to ask. What is something, what is something that not a lot of people know about you, Evan? So this could be a special talent, a hobby, or just, you know, uh, like uh, something that you're interested in that maybe not a lot of people know about, or you just like to talk about? Let's see. I have a couple, a couple answers there. 
Uh, some thing that a lot of people wouldn't know about me is when I have a beard, I actually straighten it. I do know that because I used to watch you do it at work. Yeah. Um, well, not with a real straightener. I didn't bring my beard straightener to work, but that would have been a sight to see as well. <laughs> um, you know, there's not too much too much about me. I, I live a uh, very Salesforce focused life, and uh, when I'm when I'm not in a, in an org doing something or building something. I am right now, about two weeks ago, I started Succession. So I have been watching it almost every day and I'm about caught up on season uh, season four right now. So Salesforce and Succession. One of my favorite shows. So I have not started the last season yet because I'm letting it get a little bit further ahead, but it is an awesome show. And I'm sad that this is the last season going on right now. I like Succession. I just finished burning through Superstore again on the Peacock Network. So if anybody's interested in, or you have Peacock, that is a hilarious show, kind of like The Office, but modeled around a retail store. Um, and I'm burning through Parks and Rec again for probably like the tenth time. I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan and The Office. So, but Succession's awesome. I'm ready for Yellowstone, the last season of that to come out or start up. So yes, Succession is very awesome. I kind of think of a bit of it as a little bit more serious of an Arrested Development for some reason. I don't know if you could see that. I have not watched Arrested Development, so maybe I'm going to have to start doing that too. Definitely run home, go check it out. That's what I'm going to do. Right when I right when I log off here of recording this episode, we're gonna, I'm going to go watch Arrested Development. That sounds great. But Evan, I can't thank you enough. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us on the Transcending CRM podcast and giving our listeners an update on Summer 23. How can our listeners find you? Like, are you on social media? Can they can they find you on LinkedIn? You can find me on LinkedIn is probably the best way. Evan Eichertz. I'm not on any other social media. There you go. Well, we'll find you on LinkedIn, Evan. But yeah, thank you for your time today. And for our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave us a review. The biggest way you can help us is by clicking the share button, sharing one of the episodes with friends or a coworker that is involved in Salesforce. To learn more about Silverline, you can subscribe to the Silverline blog at silverlinecrm.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook at Silverline CRM. That's one word, Silverline CRM. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.